Hello, Malcolm here with another Out of the Ordinary podcast from my usual offerings. And today I bring you an interview with my good friend, Joan Manku. She is a trained counsellor and has some really interesting thoughts on the coronavirus crisis and well-being, in particular, how we help deal with our own sense of isolation and loneliness and help other people. So we have some tips for self-care today and some tips for helping others. And I'll let her explain all that without further ado. Let's get into our conversation with Joan. So just to get started, Joan, I thought what might be helpful for people who don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Christian for 20 odd years, 1996 was when I was baptised and my husband soon after, which was uh, an incredible blessing because, uh, you know, we had been married for a number of years as as non-Christians. Um, we are uh, parents to five children and our oldest son is now married. So it feels like we have six children, which is wonderful. Um, and really just, I think it's um, useful to, for people listening to know that um, I have always had a, uh, an interest and a passion for things psychological, emotional, and of course, spiritual in there as well. Um, but it's only been in recent years that I've gone off and qualified uh, as a counsellor and have been um, actively counselling, but as a volunteer for uh, young people uh, in school, in secondary school, but also for a bereavement charity. Um, and that, you know, that's been ongoing for the last five years or so, something like that. So that's sort of me in a nutshell. That's helpful. Thanks, Joan. And thank you for writing your thoughts on how we can do our best to look after ourselves and help other people during this coronavirus crisis. Uh, And so many people are finding mental health issues, emotional issues tough right now. And in particular, there's a lot of loneliness. Mm. with people having to stay at home, not seeing their work colleagues, not seeing members of their family, not just seeing people socially. That isolation is a a particular challenge on top of the fears connected with what may happen to them or their loved ones because of the virus. So I really appreciate what you've written here about tips for self-care and tips for helping others. Perhaps we might touch on some of these and see if we can draw out some things that might be helpful for people who are listening. So first of all, in the area of tips for self-care, I think we must start there because if we're not looking after ourselves, we're not going to be in a position to be able to help anybody else. So with tips for self-care, would you like to highlight any of these in particular that you think are are significant about how we might stay, might help ourselves to be in a good state emotionally uh, in terms of mental health? wondering if any of these stand out to you as being particularly significant um well they obviously all have their place and i know it may seem a a strange place to start um given that it's such a basic thing uh but the the first tip that i've written is eat well and and stay hydrated um but it's probably the one that a lot of people might overlook and you know when we're in isolation we can get into rather poor habits with our eating, um, with our use of alcohol, um, 
our, our sleep, you know, not getting regular sleep at the right times. I mean, that might be disrupted anyway. But really speaking, if we think of our needs, I always feel that that's really a great place to start um, for anybody suffering from mental health issues. You know, exercising, make sure that you've got, you know, the right nutrition, which feeds the brain, which feeds our emotional activity is, is really, really important. And similarly, you know, making sure that we're drinking plenty of water, and especially at this time, we really want to maintain good health because that's part of our immune system as well. So um, I think that one really can't be um, overstated. Um, but moving more into the realms of our, our, specifically our mental health, I think what you've mentioned, Malcolm, is, you know, isolation, just the word alone holds so much. It can be such a lonely place, not for everybody. Some people actually do well with time on their own. But, um, you know, we know the importance of human connection, I think, as Christians, um, and just the encouragement that we can give one another. And I think it's finding ways to stay connected with other people in the way that feels most comfortable for you. So for some people, actually, maybe a telephone call is more comfortable in some ways than meeting face to face. You know, we all operate in, in different ways. Um, and finding the means to do this and almost making sure we're doing it for ourselves is going to be really, really important. Um, I know we can connect through social media, but I do feel like it's worth mentioning that social media has got this habit of, um, sort of bombarding us with, with facts that actually may not even be true. And we can read them. Glancing at them is one thing, but when we start to read them, I mean, I know when I do that, I can actually feel the anxiety rising. And I think if people can become a little bit aware of if that's going on for them, then making a, an actual decision uh, to spend not so much time there is, is a good idea. And then I suppose the only other one I'd really like to, to pick out um, for those without necessarily a very heightened sense of anxiety and fear is just, you know, being creative in our ways to deal with our emotions. Now, if we're not particularly good with connecting with others, and that can sometimes be, as I've said, fearing that, oh, I might be judged by somebody else, Christian or not, you know, because I feel fearful and I don't feel faithful, then prayer, quite honestly, is is so valuable because our God doesn't answer back in the way people do. He obviously answers us. Um, he has accepted us unconditionally and that can be a great outlet. But even prayer, as we know, you know, in the Bible says, you know, we, we groan sometimes we're trying to pray and we, we can't pray. Um, but finding another means to let that emotional, uh, sort of um, distress out is going to be important and having spoken to people there are lots of different ways people sometimes like to listen to music um, it can be uh, music that actually taps into sad emotions so the emotion comes out there are people that like to draw to draw what they're feeling or color write a journal uh, there are things like mindfulness and meditation there are all sorts of means um, uh, that I would just encourage people to think, well, what, what do I think might suit, suit me at this time? And just give it a go, give it a go. Um, so I'd say, you know, in summary, connect with people, connect with God, obviously in prayer, but even that can be hard. 
connect with people if you can, telephone, video call, write cards to each other, uh, keep a connection, um, and you know, limit your, your uh, social media use if necessary. And then if, if it gets really, really hard, things like uh, you know, panic attacks, you obviously not gonna have the same sense of freedom in your home, you've got to stay at home, is maybe designate a safe space for yourself to go to in those moments um, and possibly draw in on some breathing and meditation to, to help yourself through that time. That's really helpful. Just, just that last point. Uh, one of the things that we did in our home recently was we moved some furniture around and placed a chair where you can look down the garden and actually belonged to my, my grandmother. It's an old family chair and it's a quite a comfortable chair and we've put it where you can see down the garden and we've called that, my wife and I have called it uh, the chair of peace and is where we go when things are particularly stressful and where we can sit and look at the grass or the trees or the shrubs or the birds or the blue sky or even the gray sky frankly sometimes is enough and perhaps perhaps have a bible on our laps or a book but a place it's sort of that's that's our our, our chair of peace so perhaps we all need something like that yeah, that, that sounds really wonderful. And, and, and it sort of, um, some people have referred to this time as people experiencing the, the same emotions as grief, because we are sensing a loss, you know, a loss of life as we've known it. And um, when we're working with, with grief emotions, a lot of the time people talk about it coming in as a wave. And, you know, sometimes it can be a ripple and that's okay. We can deal with the ripples still going about our business. But if, feel, if, it feel, if it's feeling like a wave that is building, then maybe that's the time to go to the chair and be, you know, intentional with what we're doing. Um, and not, not try to um, suppress or ignore what's going on for us, but sort of just sit with it. So in a way, you know, your, your description of the chair seems very... Um, apt you know to actually just sit with the emotion and then it will pass i think that's something that we can sometimes forget that these difficult moments will pass just as coronavirus will pass it will it might seem a long way off but the truth is we've all been through some tough things from time to time in our past and we're still here mm. so it will pass i was thinking that another thing that you mentioned that struck a chord with me is how some people don't find the being alone as much of a challenge as other people, but still need contact. And we have our different ways and preferences within that. One of the things that someone said to me recently, I found helpful is don't demand that other people turn their video on. Even if you're having a Skype call or a Zoom call or something, our video I think is very helpful. My wife showed her mother how to use WhatsApp video last week and she was delighted because then she could see people's faces and she's on her own in a flat isolated. But for some people, audio is better. And so we need to be, I think we need to give ourselves permission to say, actually, could we turn off the video today? And and, and take that initiative for ourselves, but also make sure we don't 
push other people into things that they would feel uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that. Yeah. Are there any particular um, resources uh, online or apps or breathing techniques you mentioned about uh, practicing some breathing exercises when things are getting particularly tough? Is there any way you might direct us or is that something we just put in the show notes or? Um, there are countless number of apps. Um, probably a, f a, a few that I could recommend, but I can't say that I've used them for myself on a regular basis. Um, and things change all the time. So I'm not quite sure which ones are free and which ones are not currently. Um, if it's a question of just tapping into something which has soothing music and, you know, helps you just to sit in the moment, uh, soothing music sounds, a fire crackling or rain falling, uh, the Calm app is, is a well-known one that people use. Um, there's another one called Headspace, which is more specific, a type of a mindfulness uh, app. Um, and again, I think mindfulness has obviously had a lot of uh, press recently, but we've got to be aware that, again, sometimes uh, for some individuals, sitting and focusing on breathing can actually be anxiety provoking. Uh, some people actually find that very, very hard to sit mm. in a quiet space. And so um, whilst that it's, you know, to be recommended for, for those that it might suit, um, just grounding techniques um, are useful for others. So, you know, in a moment of uh, overwhelming thoughts or anxious feelings rising up, some people might simply benefit by uh, thinking about their five senses and working down from five down to one and thinking what five things can I actually see and naming them. So you're very intentionally looking at five things. So in this room, I might say the curtains and the carpet, you get the idea. And then working down to, you know, four things that perhaps I can hear, um, three things that I can touch. Now, when we get into smell and taste it becomes a little bit more difficult takes a little bit more focus so it's always a good idea to leave those two for the for you know towards the end don't try to think of five things that you can taste because it, it might be difficult um, but once you do that exercise again it's almost like you've really focused your mind on something specific in the here and now so the anxious feelings can dissipate so it's another form of just experimenting with to get to grips with those um, anxious feelings. Um, with breathing, it's again, one could use these apps, uh, Headspace, Calm. There is also an app which I haven't looked at in detail, but it's a Christian app called Soul Time that I know has been recommended that I think has a com combination of these things. Um, and, you know, again, being quite creative with mindfulness. If, if I'm in a mindful space, it might be of benefit to me as well to, to then move that into Christian meditation. You know, so having a sense of not being alone, that Jesus is with us uh, in that moment. Um, there's lots of different ways, diff different creative ways. But yes, we can pop the names of these apps um, at, the, at the bottom of the, um, the tips, uh, perhaps. Why not? And then we can ask people who listen to this and try them whether they found them helpful or not. And then if they did, perhaps people can comment and then we can, we can say, well, this seems to be working for people. 
So that that would be a good idea. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Well, shall we move on from taking care of ourselves to thinking about how we can help others? Um, taking care of ourselves is a critical first step. Jesus himself did look after himself. He, it says he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, and he took his disciples with him, at least in part, I think, to show them how to look after themselves because he knew their lives weren't exactly going to be easy after he'd left. So there's an element of taking care of ourselves so that then we can help others. So tips for helping, for helping others. One of the ones that I wanted to ask you about that I rather, I liked that you wrote down here is about not judging. It's very hard to help people that you've passed judgment on. And it made me think about the teaching series we all did earlier this year on the Sermon on the Mount and in particular that beatitude that says, blessed are the merciful. And I think this is a challenge because I mean, I personally find it hard not to be very quick to judgment. So I, I pray about that a lot. But when we've got perhaps a friend or somebody we know who is struggling to handle all of this, what do we do to, to, to make sure that we're getting alongside them rather than standing in judgment or, or in a place of, of imposing our agenda on them? What, what sort of things might help us with that, do you think? Well, I like the way you've worded the question, what sorts of things will help us? Because uh, myself, along with you, um, I think it's really, really hard to do this because we are ourselves, aren't we? We've experienced life a certain way. We have our, our own thoughts, judgments, experiences, views on life. Um, and the person we're talking to or listening to has had a very different life to ours. And so just being very self-aware when you're going into something of our own set of um, assumptions or biases is, is helpful, I think. Um, that's certainly when, when, when you're training, uh, you know, with your counseling skills, part of the training, which is probably the one, one of the most important is that, is to be very self-aware um, so that when you're going into relationship, you know, you know what you're taking into and you can just hold it in your awareness. You can't take it out of uh, the truth because I am who I am in any relationship, but I can hold it in my awareness that, you know, this other person may have gone through life very, very differently um, to myself. Um, I think part of, part of the, this as well, what helps me is... I can be quite a rushy sort of person. I can go around life sort of, you know, being a mum of five children. I think, you know, I've kind of made myself get on with this task, that task, this task. And actually being with people demands a degree of just slowing down, I think. Just really slowing down. And um, I know what makes me feel special is when somebody sets aside a specific time for me. Um, you know, if I'm on... Again, it's, it's different things for different people. If I can hear that somebody's busy clattering around doing something in the background and not really listening to me, that, that it can affect me. So I take that into my next relationship. Um, I don't know if it necessarily helps everybody, but I, I do feel like setting aside a specific time and being generous with that time, obviously fairly boundaried. We, we may not have all day every day to give to someone, but usually if you do it again intentionally, the other person notices it and that alone 
helps them. That alone helps them to not feel judged. And it was interesting before, um, you were talking about some people not being comfortable on the end of the phone. Um, you know, silences can be very difficult for some people, but silences are really quite important. And um, I think, you know, if somebody has shared something with you that you notice, oh, that's tapped into, I want to react rather quickly. I think it would be helpful to bear in mind, well, this is possibly my take on this. Let me just sit with it for a while, not disregard it, because of course we must listen carefully and we must be alert to very, very difficult feelings that people will be having and be wise with how we handle that. Um, but to perhaps not react too quickly. Um, and, and perhaps if you notice that, oh, you know, they sounded so angry, maybe dig a little bit deeper, kindly, in a very kind way, and, and maybe take responsibility that perhaps you hadn't fully understood quite what was going on for that person. So um, it's really difficult to, to really give the useful tips, exactly how it looks. But I think reflecting on it now, I'd say, you know, slow it down. Remember theirs is a different story. And don't be too afraid for a little bit of silence. Um, and I think one of the most important phrases that you used earlier, if we're giving permission to ourselves, then it's again almost giving permission to them and helping them give permission to themselves to feel what they're feeling um, and express what they're feeling. What, what we don't want is for them to act negatively, respond negatively, behave negatively in response to those feelings. So if they, if they can be listened to and if they can work through their feelings first, then that can actually um, influence the way forwards, the way they act. That makes sense. So it's a bit like patient listening is an outworking of a merciful spirit. Mm. If we approach someone with a merciful spirit, because what we're trying to do, I think, is to be merciful people. Because the command is there, we you know, we must show mercy, but it's coming from who we are. And so perhaps this is perhaps part of what we're talking about here is being prayerful before talking to somebody if we know that they're having a tough time and being prayerful to be aware of our own approach and and ask God to strengthen us to suspend judgment to be genuinely merciful and then that practically the experience of that practically really for the other person is that they feel really listened to and then maybe the rest of what we might be able to help them with if if that's if that's what they need can flow from that but if that's not there as a foundation it's unlikely that they're going to find something meaningful and helpful from a conversation i would imagine oh absolutely and and as you were talking um i can honestly say that this week um it was a written prayer that uh, i wrote down the people's names that i was going to speak to because i felt a degree of anxiety of how these conversations were going to go and um, the power of prayer is, it's just, it's, it's difficult to understand how it works. We, we, we just know that it, it can work and it does work. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. And maybe that is that slowing down space and doing it with God, doing it with trust before we then go to give. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That does make sense. Um, well, in terms of helping other people, 
we've talked a fair bit there about mercy and judgment and listening. Is there anything else you'd like to highlight amongst the other thoughts you've had on what it is that we can be or do to help others when they're, they're struggling, especially with loneliness, I, I suppose. Um, I suppose there's only one thing which um, I guess I, I probably want to raise because I, I, I notice that when I really want to be em empathic towards someone and sort of allow them to be in their space and let me be, be the one to be alongside them, you have to be very careful that you then don't actually end up having the same feelings oneself. You know, it's, it's, it, it, the word that comes to mind is you collude with someone, you know, you get in agreement with someone um, and things can get a little bit sticky then. Um, so um, I guess, again, it's praying for that before you engage with someone to know that, you know, you may have very different views, very different feelings. You don't have to agree with the person with where they're at, but that you can just be alongside them. Um, and I, I guess the thing to, to wrap up most in terms of helping others is that that point I feel can't be stressed enough. If you're expressing, I'm prepared to just be there for you, whatever that might mean, just being present. And that doesn't even mean physically present. It's a, it's a very intangible thing sometimes, um, has immense power. Um, and doing that genuinely, don't say it if you don't really mean it. Um, let it mean something to you so that person knows it means something to them. Um, ask, ask questions. What does that person want? Do they want to be checked in on regularly? Would they rather be left alone for a little while? You know, um, don't be afraid to ask. I think sometimes we can feel like, you know, oh, that helps me, therefore it's going to help the other person. Um, but over and above everything, I mean, I think, well, you know, Malcolm, it, it's all about, you know, love as, as you feel you can love that person. For some people, it will be dropping a meal off by the, by the door and sending a card or, or whatever. But um, don't overlook the chance that, that, you know, God has given you as a person of value, um, unique traits, unique uh, strengths, unique weaknesses, which also are of value in this relationship, um, to take to others as part of our our walk, you know, to, to love one another as Jesus did. That's such a good point. I mean, that is the heart of it, isn't it? Uh, your, the scripture you put on your notes here from First Peter 4, so appropriate, above all, love each other deeply. So there's lots of other things, but above all of those, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And by extension, um, in love, love uh, is the strength that we need. And I was reading through 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 8 this morning about the qualities of love, which I think are really the qualities of God, because mm -hmm. God is love. So you've got these wonderful qualities and that's the heart of God. And so what we're doing in trying to help others the best we can is offering them God's love through us. Mm -hmm. Frankly, sometimes I feel my love is, is painfully 
inadequate and and but it's it's not really about what i have or don't have i um whether and whether perhaps we're a particularly skilled relationship person or not is never the issue you whether we feel like we know what to say or not to say isn't the issue i think what you've emphasized is so significant it's about presence because that that devotion of time to someone is an offering of love uh, in, through through a human being, and this is how God God operates. So uh, it's actually it is challenging, but it's also a tremendous privilege to have a role like that for God to work through us to be His His channel of love uh, for His love to get to that person. I also think it's actually very humbling because when we are dealing with you know somebody's, for instance, distress, you know. I, it can be so uncomfortable that we can feel like we have to do something. You know, I need to fix this person. I need to have the right thing to say. But actually saying, I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you, it's just enough. Um, and it is very humbling because, you know, we want that power. We want, you know, we want to help people the way we feel we, we want to help them. And that is actually the way to help them is to say, I don't know what to say, sit in silence together and just, just be, just be in compassion, be in love, be in patience, be in a moment of quiet, just together. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not always easy, um, but I do believe anybody could do it. Yes, you don't have to be a trained counsellor or... So you just need to be a friend yeah, and listen and be there for people. Yeah, absolutely. I suspect this will be a great encouragement to people who want to help, um, but are finding themselves perhaps unsure or, or lacking in confidence. Mm -hmm. um, is it's hopefully this will simplify things for most people mm -hmm. and we like simple and frankly, we could do with some simple things at the moment. There's a lot of complicated stuff going on. Uh, but God has us in the palm of his hands. He's, he's got us in, in, under the shadow of his wings. Um, nothing can separate us from the love of, of God in Christ. And we're able to help people sense that, know that. But first, we've got to look after ourselves. First, there's that, okay, let me be aware of what I need, take my responsibilities there seriously, and then I can help others. Um, anything else you'd like to add as we wrap up, I think, here, Joan? This is really, this is tremendous, helpful material. Um, but anything we've not mentioned you think is significant or you'd like to emphasize? Well, I'm, I know that we, we talked um, before about, obviously, the, the power of scripture as well. And, um, you know, some, I'm not terribly good at remembering scriptures word for word, but... Um, there are things, I think, you know, one of the ones that you've alluded to about being merciful is, you know, we, we need to be merciful as we've received mercy. So, so that's a really good one to hold kind of just in mind um, before being with people. Um, but Philippians 4, 6, which talks about us not being anxious and, you know, being going before God with our, with our requests, but with a spirit of thanksgiving, and then it's so that peace that transcends all understanding comes upon us. So that's one that I always 
hold in my mind as well because you know we want we all want to experience that peace but it's also telling us the things that we can do in order to get it so that's a useful one um I love the fact that you've been focusing on the Psalms of the Ascents because there's a lot in those that can deal with these anxious feelings, not knowing where to go. Um, and, you know, also Jesus's words in, in Matthew 11, how, you know, he wants those of us that are weary and burdened just to come to him. And, and again, it's not really knowing the scriptures, you know, absolutely word for word, but just in those times, remembering them and um, allowing them you know, giving them a bit of time in our headspace to sort of wash over us. And then even if it's not specific Christian uh, scriptures, I think, you know, just the whole message of the gospel is, you know, keep it broad and keep it, keep it simple that God is always at work. For me, I'm feeling so much like, you know, God is about restoring this world to how it should have been and he's reconciling and he's redeeming they're, they're all ours so for me those things are easy to remember and it that's where my hope lies and I think you know that's that's ultimately what we're looking for is when we're helping ourselves or helping one another is helping each other hold on to the incredible hope that um that God has given us yes yes don't forget the promises well whether you can cite book chapter and verse directly or not don't forget the promises. Yeah. Yeah. We all need that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joan. This is tremendously helpful. Um, thank you for putting aside so much time. I hope you found our conversation today helpful. In particular, I'd love to know anything that stood out to you that was useful for your own self-care or for helping other people. And if you have any other tips for helping people or helping ourselves to stay spiritually, emotionally, and mentally and physically healthy at this time, I would be glad to hear of that or for helping other people. So please let me know. It is true that we're going through a challenging time, but it is also true that this can be a time of tremendous growth, uh, closeness to God, understanding and experiencing his comfort, his, uh, his presence and his companionship, uh, which will be something that blesses us, we pray, not just now, but in the days and weeks and months and even years to come. So please let me know what you think. If you know of anybody that might benefit from this recording, do please pass the link on to them. Publicize it as widely as you like. If you could leave a review in uh, wherever you get your podcast from, that would be tremendous. And until the next time, I do hope that you take good care of yourself and find ways to show God's love to other people. Until the next time, take care and God bless. Mm -hmm.